So I'm really happy to be here. Really happy. Um, and for people who don't know at all about Zen bitch slap or something, I have about almost 28 years in sobriety. And uh, I'm not going to tell my story, but around the third year of sobriety, I was going out with this girl, and she thought I would be really good at taking over this workshop called the Fourth Step Workshop that was held in the dry dock in San Francisco. So my third year, I took over this workshop. And the first three years of sobriety, can you hear me? First three years of sobriety, the first year I was at a meeting and two people shared about being at this event by Joe and Charlie. You ever hear of them? And they had the light. They were shining pretty well. So after, you know, that caught my attention and I talked to them a little while. But then I didn't know how to get, you know, uh, plan on going. And then a couple of months later at a meeting, they had an application. So I took it. And I uh, ordered two tickets. My girlfriend flaked and I went up there by myself. I didn't know anyone there. And there were 600 people, program people, very enthusiastic about the solution in a sense. Yeah. And it was really, really, it was, it was contagious. And I went in there and I had done a fourth step, but I had no idea really. It seems like a simple book, but I wasn't getting, I got, I was getting it. But when they shared their view, it made a whole lot of sense to me. And on Saturday, they did their, they did the fourth step workshop and I got it. I understood the connection between the first column and the fourth column, okay? which is the really where how the solution goes. Because everyone out tonight who's drinking and using does the first two step, you know, columns. They know their, who they're mad at and why. But there's no relief. You got to take it back farther. Yeah. And when you see your role in things, then there's an incredible amount of relief available. So I. I I went there for three years, and after the three, third year, I felt like I, I had enough of it. And then I got introduced to taking over this workshop, so I did it for about 16 or 19 years. Anytime I was in America, I did it every Monday night. <laughs> and uh, along the way, I was checking things out, other things. At first, I went back to my, uh, when I was younger, because there was a period where I was with a spiritual teacher from like 19 to 24, and those four years, wanting to know God was sufficient enough to keep me from drinking and using. Now, after I got disillusioned, I lost that ability. There was no more power anymore. But at that point, I guess I was really what they term a heavy user, because wanting to know God, I only had like three Heinekens in those five years or four years. Yeah, and maybe a little coke at the end, little cocaine. But I didn't do, <laughs> I didn't do anything because I was really keen on it. But the whole way, what I met as as spirituality was very disillusioning after five years. So I went I went out for all the years I was out, and I'd come in, and when I got sober and started coming too. I started to look back at whatever had worked in my life, and the only thing that had worked was when I was doing that, you know, meditating, and I learned massage and polarity therapy, and we used to have, like, dinners together, and and I so I tried to do that again. I try, introduce and Tai Chi I used to do, so I used to do meditation Tai Chi, all right? And then that led me into Buddhism, 
because I didn't want the, the uh, guru and me thing. It wasn't working out that well. Because, see, I had a guy that I met. He was only like 12 when I met him, Guru Maharaji. He was big here. I think he still is in L.A. He has a house in Malibu, where they always have a house. <laughs> so, and he was presented as the Lord of the Universe. And there I was, and I didn't like the Lord of the Universe. And so my head had a field day with what, what's, what would someone be like who doesn't like the Lord of the Universe? And I was in like five years of spiritual hell. I was actually trying to plan on how to kill him in these open-air processions because he'd be in a, in a convertible and I thought if I hit him with a time-delayed dart he'd pass away about 50 yards down and he wouldn't be able to realize who it was in the crowd that <laughs> shot it because it drove me crazy and it showed me a lot though because I had never been involved in spirituality except for you know Catholicism and yet when I got involved in spirituality I had tons of ideas about spirituality I had tons of ideas how I should be, how the guru should be, how devotees should be, the whole thing. Yet I had never had no experience of it. So in my, my feeling is like all the old ideas we talk about in beliefs and conditions we talk about in, the, in recovery, they're almost like a cloud, you know, like the uh, apple cloud. They're like a cloud of potentiality. You have to, when you get introduced to a topic, then you hit the you hit the key on your little computer called Paul, <laughs> the identification with Paul, and then all these old ideas and concepts and conditions drop in, and that's how you interpret the event. Even though you've never had the event before, you'll have thousands of ideas about it. Yeah. All right. Well, what does this have to do with where I'm going? Well, I, what occurred is I got disappointed, so I got into Buddhism, and I was doing this fourth set workshop every Monday when I was in America. Then I got introduced to the Course in Miracles, and then one day, not more than one day, sort of like, and I had always worked out of uh, how it works, the chapter. For all those years, I went over the same thing, basically, four week, four, it was like a four-week uh, thing, and then uh, and it started right over again. So what happened is, in about my 11th year of sobriety, or 9th year or so around there, my mind cracked open. Something happened. And this is what occurred. I was reading this book, which I had read tons of times, yeah? And even in this book, the part I'm going to read isn't even underlined. And every, almost everything else is, but this one point. And this is the statement. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways, can you hear me? Yeah. Was what had defeated us, we considered its common manifestations. So to me, this is the whole rub of it. So he's saying, you have to, to me, believe, convinces the belief with certainty, yeah? It's got to be, it's not, it can't be convinced here, because here, convinced is matched with unconvinced. It just flips over. It's got to be the gut. You know? Yeah, so that to me is uh, being convinced. So being convinced that self, that self, to me the idea of self is a sense of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, a body. Yes? A body. That's the sense of self. Okay? Being convinced that self, manifested in all these various ways, is what had defeated us. We're the us, and then there's this 
something called self. And self defeats us, manifesting in various ways. Yeah. And then it says, all right, if we're convinced of that, we're going to look at, we're going to consider some of its common manifestations. And in the next paragraph, it starts out with the word resentment. So it's how I saw it when my head cracked open was that self, resentment is a manifestation of self in one's life. And then I was watching everyone I ever met learn a fourth step when they talked about their fourth step, they talked about my resentments, my fears, my harming other people, and I saw that is the that's the rub. The actually the true root of the problem is an activity. It's an activity of claiming the mental state claims something and calls it yours. So it claims what self is producing which is resentments, fears, and harming other people in pursuit of what you want. And yet, when those things are coming through us, we call them ours. That's identification as a self. Yes? How could it not be? So everyone here, so we're doing the work, and we're thinking we're getting out of something, but really we're reaffirming the, uh, the bondage of self because we're calling self's expressions our expressions. So what happened was, finally, I saw self as a parasitical movement or a foreign installment. Anything that can make it seem to be other than you, to picture it, I saw it as other than me. And immediately my mind could entertain, which it hadn't been able to for years, it, it immediately could entertain, I can be free from it. Because while you're identified as self, you're trying to be free as it. You're trying to be free through it, for it, by it. And that doesn't work. It's from it. You have to see that the thought system isn't your system and you're not the thinker. I went to meetings for months. I remember in the beginning, and this was happened in hindsight. I had a very strong sense of terminal uniqueness. I mean, I had a very thick shell thinking, no one thought like me, no one felt like me, no one had done the heinous things I had done. And I go to AA meetings, as we know, everyone shares their thoughts, feelings, and their reactions to life. And I could only come to two conclusions after a few months. How did they get my thoughts? Or, they're not my thoughts. Yeah? I go to meetings so many times, people get right to the edge and then the selfing draws them back. They go, it's amazing how everyone here thinks just like I do. And they feel like just like I do. And they've done the things I've done. And I go, yes, and? And then they just, they go back from salvation back into the bondage. The separation reclaims itself. Oh, yes. Well, if everyone thinks like me, then how can these be my thoughts? If everyone feels like me, how can they be my feelings? If anyone has, if someone has done the exact same thing I did, how can I be so special doing that when actually that action was what the same thing that drove you to do something is the same thing that drove me to do something? I believe alcoholism is a parasitical movement that affixes to what what is really the root of the problem, which is self-centeredness. The identification itself. And that's it, really.
That's the message. And I've been entertaining it for 20, many, many years. And it's allowed me to travel later in a consistent, stabilized manner for quite a long time. And really live Rule 62, which is don't take yourself so seriously. And I'll tell you, if you're identified as a self, that's the most serious you can ever take a self. <laughs> you can't take self any more serious than that, because you'll be calling it you. <laughs> so there is a solution. The problem does not exist for you. You'll be placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort. You're totally irrelevant. Yeah. Or on page 63, it's not even when you get far. It says, you know, hey, just take this position of turning your will and life over to the care of a higher power and all these remarkable things will happen. And then it says, if you sincerely take that position, even more remarkable things will happen. You'll feel a conscious presence. You'll new energy flowing in. You'll be able to face life successfully. All that, everything, that book, all its descriptions of every problem I've experienced and all of its descriptions of the solutions effects I've experienced. The problem does not exist for me. It's sort of like that door that I went through all day and night, in and out, it's like it was plastered over like it was never even there. I never... Drinking and drugs never fall in the circle of a solution to me. And it was done with no thought of effort. For me, I had a... You know, I didn't come to AA on bottoms. When I hit a bottom, I moved in, basically. I called it home, I furnished it, and I invited you over. <laughs> I was always anxious I was going to be evicted because I always was to a lower bottom. And I didn't believe I could, I didn't know, there didn't seem to be any stop to how low I could go. And it was a regular day in the office. I'd been up, I went out St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. The first night, I sort of remember, I lost my friend's car and I had a confrontation in his garage. Then the next two days are just gone. And then I came to in a trailer park about two hours north of San Francisco next to this glider airport in Calistoga. And I was sitting with a guy in, a, in this little caravan. I didn't know who he was. He had a big head, big <laughs> face and bulbous nose and varicose veins. And I said, and we were passing a bottle of Royal Gate vodka. Do you have Royal Gate down here? Oh, Royal Gates. Yeah. I love to talk about Royal Gate. Well, whatever. We were drinking this bottle, and I looked at him, and I said, this guy's a bum, you know? And lo and behold, he was looking back at me like I was a bum. <laughs> and something happened. The moment of clarity occurred, but the selfing was paused. Not by any human power, because my mother wanted to pause it for a long time. The state wanted to pause it. I wanted to pause it. No one could pause that thing for too long. It paused it for about five minutes, and it was almost like a, a mail chute, or a, a portal opened up, and download came in. And it was like a CNN news flash, no story, just a headline, I'm fucked. Yeah? Now, that's been my... That's been my and it was like a complete, convinced, sober assessment that's never changed 28 years ago. To me, I am not changing, I'm under change. Yeah? I am not leading, I'm led. 
all these talks, this is the hose, the water is that, is the spirit. This is like a conduit, blah, blah, blah. Yeah? Do not mix the messenger up with the message. Just, I cannot fucking ever live up to this message. Yeah? I'm sorely going to disappoint everybody. <laughs> so what happened? AA happened. The next day, you know, I... Well, the funny thing is, about an hour later, I had a miraculous alcoholic recovery. I wanted to get loaded. But in between, when I was very humble and very pious, I had called a woman I used to party with to ask her for help. And she saw... She saw it. I sounded pretty good, so she drove up an hour and a half from the city, picked me up. When I got in the car, I wanted to get loaded again. And I tried to talk her into getting uh, some talls and some coke and dirty magazines and renting a hotel room. But she had followed that equation many times before. It hadn't been that satisfying for her. So she said, no, you got to go to an AA meeting. So she took to my first meeting. I've, hasn't, I haven't stopped going since. 27, almost 28 years. So that demonstration, I don't need any other more demonstration. The demonstration of being struck sober was way more than enough to convince me. And then it just took all those first 11 years to get really to the root of the problem. Yeah? And when I saw that I wasn't that idea, that self, then I lost interest in the thoughts, and suddenly, miraculously, the thoughts lost power over me. I lost interest in the feelings, and the bondage of self is an activity, and the bonding isn't in the thought or the feelings. The thoughts and feelings are used to bind you. The, what really binds you is the my before the thought, and the my before the feeling. It's your being identified as the one who thought the thought or as the one who's feeling the feeling. That's where the bondage of self occurs. It can use good feelings, and it can use quote-unquote bad feelings, and it does the same job has nothing to do with the feelings, has nothing to do with the thoughts. Yeah? It has to do with the mind. You can change everyone's... A lot of people have heard me a long time on the thing, but if we had a board here and you put three words up, let's say you put money up there, you know, put sex up there, put uh, relationships up there. And I'm now, and everyone would basically have a, an effect from looking at those words based on where they thought they were. Yeah. And the emphasis is on thought. They're never really, cap they're never really capturing where they are through thought. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to change the word without changing the word at all. Change it completely. All right. I'm going to put my in front of it. All right. So I look around at everyone here. I wish everyone here has a lot of money. But I don't want any of you to have my money. Yeah, it's a huge difference, isn't it? Girlfriend, I can have a great time with. If I crown on my girlfriend, I may be up on stalking charges in a few months because I, I have a whole other expectation of my ability to look into her life as soon as she becomes mine. Yeah, relationships the same, same. The my, the relationship hasn't. You haven't changed the word at all. You haven't changed the word at all. But the whole, the whole thing has changed. Not by the word, but by the mind. That's us. We're that activity. Or there's an abstinence to that activity. Yeah. It's one or the other. You're, gonna get a, you're getting offered a mental interpretation every moment, not every moment, but in time here. And then there's, there's the other that isn't an interpretation. That's the conscious contact. 
They're both available. One's always available. The, one, the other one's only available in time, but we tend to lean towards the other one because we think it's about us. Yeah. We're keen on it. Because if you're sitting here, let's say, if you had the thoughts in your head right now had my name under them, you'd turn it off probably in a minute, yeah? You would not, you know, you would not subscribe to K-Paul for more longer than three minutes. But you've been listening to K-Mary for 40 years. It's the same broadcast. It's the same franchise on Clear Channel downloading <laughs> constantly, selling you golden oldies and this and that, telling you how things were, how they're going to be, how you are, how they're going to be. It's God playing. If you believe in the 12 steps, then you see that they're a linear process. Read it. Read what it says. Before the biggest principle of AA, it says first, got to quit playing God. Then next, in this drama of life, God will be the director, you'll be whatever, you know? But first is first. Next is later. <laughs> you know? You've got to see what's playing God. See, if I say, all right, I'm going to quit playing God, that's, that is the self that's playing God, attempting to quit playing God. Just, all you do is see the playing God. And that's the quitting of it. When you're looking from it, that's, that's the bondage. When you see it, you see that you're not that. The conscious contact. We're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching right now. Yes? What does the mental state do? What does the mental state do? It claims it and says, I'm the one who's seeing. I'm the one who's hearing. I'm the one who's feeling. I'm the one who's tasting. And so, in a way, the mental state substitutes this body to what is. It puts it in front of what is and says, this is what is. I'm the one that's doing what is. I'm, I'm seeing. Did you go, you, there's probably tons of classes here, Pilates, tons of yoga, yeah? Did you, do you ever see a seeing class where you get together? Let's see better. <laughs> right, let's bring out, bring out the master pictures. Uh, Robin Marsh, Archie, Bill Wilson. See, see, see. Here, here, here. No. Has, there any, has your conscious contact, just being on right now, ever exhibited thought or effort? Your eyes may get tired, but what seeing does it? When you, turn, when you pull your eyelids, does it go out there? Don't you? It's like roaring horses ready to go. They're just pushing against your eyelid, a fucking amphitheater of light. <laughs> Nothing. Does it go dark in there? The lights are always on. And have they ever exhibited any effort? Have it, do they need any thought? Then why do we believe through effort and thought we're going to arrive at what we are? Effort and thought may be needed to see what we're not, but it does, is not needed to be what we are. To be what we are is no thought or effort. To see what we're not may be thought or effort, especially in the beginning, but not continually. It's going to be more like page 84 will say you'll be placed in a position of neutrality without th any thought or effort. The problem will not exist for you anymore. That doesn't sound like fucking work, does it? It sounds like something has happened to me. I'm not doing it. Something has happened through me. So this was a... Uh, I thought AA was going to be so happy 
when I started tr- attempting to break the news. Jesus Christ! I caught so much flack. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> That's not AA. No, fucking the exact nature of the problem. <laughs> Can you read it any other way? He's just described the perfect diagnosis self, not us. What the fuck is it then? If it's manifesting in all these ways, you know, I've done, because I've always emphasized this idea of parasite, I get a lot of parasite news. And people send me parasite news. And there's this parasite, its, it's uh, nickname is Toxo. It's got a long name. I was just sharing this where Kyle was, Lindsay, but I like, it draws a good picture. And this, this um, parasite lives in tons of, it's actually in one-third of the people's brains, yeah? but it lives in a lot of mammals like rats and mice and all over the place. And it has only one drive, which is to procreate or reproduce, and it can only do it in the cat's stomach, a cat stomach. Yeah? That's the only place. Now, it's severely limited in getting what it wants, obviously. <laughs> you can't call a cab or Uber or anything. You know what I mean? It can't map quest where the nearest cat is. It's stuck somewhere. So what it does, it jacks into the animal that it's in's brain, and it tells that animal, like a rat and a mice, when you see the next cat, run right at it. <laughs> and they do. I've seen videos of it. And it's incredible. This rat in the middle of the day walking up to these four cats. <laughs> Three of them were in shock. The other one started sniffing around. It was like, oh, eat me, eat me, eat me. Now, the rat, obviously, as an animal, the biggest instinct is self-preservation. The parasite overrode that. You don't think alcoholism isn't a parasitical uh, nature? Just you, take, you can't take an uh, x-ray of alcoholism. So it's not a parasite a thing, but it is a parasitical movement. And it takes us over, doesn't it? It takes us, all these hosts, it takes us over, and it drives us like a car. And if we did a big survey of AA people, you would see that that car usually only parks in three places. Like they say in NA, institution, jails, and death for many of us. You've got to see the survey. <laughs> How could all these different ethnicities, different education, money situations, all the different yet get taken over and be brought to the same place as thousands of others that have been taken over. And yet all the way through, we'll keep, we'll keep claiming it to be us. All the way cl- through, because of the obsession with self. You're never going to be free as self. It says it in, our, in the program, self can't get out of self. It's like the, uh, probably big here. Remember that a couple years ago they had a big thing about getting into the moment? A lot of books written about getting into the moment. All right, we've got to get into the moment now. You've been really been, been missing out. You've been not in any moments. All right, so, yeah. so I read the book. Very rarely do you finish the book, but I read it. All right, how to get into the moment. And then, but then I'm waiting for the second edition, how to really get into the moment. And then I believe I'm advanced, so I'm going to get to the third one, how to really, really get into the moment. But the whole thing is predicated on an insane idea that you could be out of a moment. When you were a kid and playing, were you worrying about playing next week? 
Did you go home and critique how you were playing? Did you think Wayne Griffith was playing better than you were? Were you walking around your house thinking your room was too small? Or your mother was ugly? None of that. Do you have, did you have any drive to retreats or meditations? No. Because you hadn't entertained this insane idea you could be out of a moment, so you weren't trying to get into any moment. Yeah. And uh, conversely, we're now trying to get out of what we can't be in, which is selfing. We can't be in a self. We're not a self. We're not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That is not what's looking out of our head right now. So we, we're trying to get into what we can't be out, and we're trying to get out of what we can't be in. Have you ever been out of any moment you've been in? Never. There's no, there's no moment without you. I was really spaced out. Hey, the surveillance cameras have you right there, 835. Oh, I really wasn't here. Yes, you were. This is what the mental state does. We believe insane ideas. And what does it happen? And most of the time when we talk about fear, it's not really fear, is it? It's mental anxiety. Something is producing mental anxiety, and it isn't a threat in, the, in the, this moment because, let's say, there is no threat right now. So if you're flipping out right now, you must be reacting to, to what's not happening. That's where the mental realm has us. It has our interest and attention in what's not happening. This is how self... Self needs to be remembered. Because it doesn't have an existing self. It doesn't emit its own light. It has to be remembered to seem to be so. And that's what we're doing. The thought system is remembering you as a body. When you're thought about three years ago, the mental state, the mind pictures you as a body. Or you wouldn't be able to be thought about. You can't think about how your spirit was three years ago. It's exactly the same as it is now. So the thought system, when you are thought about, you're thought about as a body. So when we're remembering something back there, the remembering isn't happening there, it's happening now. We're remembering self now. And when we're worrying about self in the future, we're worrying about me in the future, we're worrying about self, not us. We're worrying about a complete stranger. Yeah? And when we're doing that, when the mental state's doing that, what's being remembered now is self. So if I was, I was talking at the other day too at that place. If I, wanted, if I was going to go into psychiatry, I'd become a therapist for what's not happening. Yeah. I could have about 80 appointments a day. Yeah. 100 bucks, 200 bucks appointment. They come in expecting 60 minutes. They start talking. I say, that's not happening. See you next week. <laughs> really? I bring in the next person. I only have to work a week. I could, I could retire. Literally. And what would be the best solution to what's not happening? Realizing it's not happening. And what more do you need to do? Nothing. 
How long will it take you to get out of an imaginary place? No time. That's the spirit. The spirit is not of time. It's not something you capture or produce or acquire. It's your inherent condition. You and I are awake, period. We can seem not to be, or we can seem to be awake here. But the fact is, we're awake. Consciousness is blasting out of us. If we had 30 gates, 30 gates would be wide open. We have five gates. Some insects have seven gates of, of experience. We could have 800 gates, and they would all be blasting. You could have 13 billion people, they'd all be awake. You could have 46 zillion people, they'd all be awake. Because there's no quantity to consciousness. We're in a giant field of it. So in the first step, it talks about powerlessness. So I always use the old one we use it up where I live, where it's like dancing with a gorilla. You stop when the gorilla wants to stop. Yeah. So it says to us, we need the first step is supposed to have to be done perfectly. So, but the idea of powerlessness. Why then are so many people harvesting guilt and shame from the behaviors they exhibited while they were under the influence? Especially, they still keep doing it after they made the amends. Because that's not... See, you may be thinking you're getting recovered from alcoholism, but you're not recovering from self-centeredness. You're still bonded to, to the idea of being a self, and one of the main formats of the idea of being a self is being the doer. And that fucking thing's not letting you free from that. One of the greatest reliefs I had was my first big amends that came upon me by surprise. And I was with my girlfriend, who I wanted to impress, my best friend, and this his, girl, his girlfriend. We went up to his apartment. This lady came down the stairs, and she had some paint on her pants, an Asian woman, and we went back up, we went by her, and then my friend went down to get something from his bike, came back up and says, hey, my, my neighbor wants to talk to you, and I thought he had told her I'm a house painter, and I give her some advice, you know? So this lady walks into the room and says, Hello, Paul, do you remember me? And I go, No, I don't. You owe me $500. So I owed her $500. You know, I had an apartment and I kept asking people for deposits. <laughs> that was never deposited. <laughs> it was spent. But so you would think that I would have felt really, really fucking embarrassed and guilty and shameful. None of that arose because I had gotten that this is a disease and I would have done to her, to anyone, unless you could physically stop me. That's, that's the, the solution to admittance of powerlessness is that. It's freedom from guilt and shame. You, left, you, you let yourself off your own biggest hook. What I did out there, I would have done to anybody unless you could have physically stopped me. And if you stopped me and I got back up and got back out, I'd do it again. I was taken over by a parasite. The same one that's taking you over. Why do you think we identify with each other? When people talk about what it was like to live under that tyranny, I understand it because I lived under the same tyranny. There's one parasite with millions of hosts. 
and it's and it's thriving in the mist right out in the open because you know it's got the most incredible strategy being very hostile it knows that if you were aware that it wasn't you you'd knock it off you like that so it comes in jacks into your head and presents itself as you in the thought system so instead of getting freedom from it you try to get therapy for it you're basically living for it and you'll even get pissed off at someone you want to be right about being so wrong If you see it as a foreign installment, I guarantee you, quickly or slowly, it's going to dawn on you, you're not that, and you can be free from it. You don't have to make a compartment and make so it can keep coming along with you. When it's the sirens of Ulysses start singing, you don't look back. Because they always sound like it's your voice. And where does the your of the voice come from? This body. You're identified with this body. So the sounds of these vocal cords you call yours. It's always the act of being identified. It's an activity. If it was a bondage, it would have been bondage to self. Self would be a real thing, and you're a real thing, and you'd be bonded to it. Like me, bonded to this chair with a handcuff. It says bonded of, bondage of self. It's an activity. You can abstain from it. See it. If you don't see it, you're looking from it, basically. That's how it goes. If you don't see it, you're looking from it. It's going to claim the seeing and turn it into a form of looking, which is going to be blind to that which is seeing. And everyone now, because we're identified with this, we try to find the truth with these false glasses. And we can't see it. It's right in front of us. The seeker is the sought. As St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. Right now, it doesn't say what's looking is what you're looking for, and then five pages of requirements you have to meet. It goes, what's looking is what you're looking for right now. This isn't a special thing. Just see the exact nature of the wrong. See if your mental state is claiming to be the... The difference between my fear and fear is unbelievable. My fear, there's investment in it. You got a story around it. You may not, you may be saying you're willing to let go of it, but you, the mental state has a big investment in it somehow. Just like resentments, you know? You think like that story in Freedom from Bondage of the book. The lady uh, gets sober and her whole life she was telling how she would love to get rid of this resentment about her mother. But when she starts getting sober, she realizes, Jesus, that's been the excuse for all my failings. Why my marriages didn't work. I can't fucking give up. That's like the golden cow. You know what I mean? <laughs> but she realized, if I don't give up this resentment, I'm going to drink again. So then she did that little process, and she started praying for the people to have what they want. she wanted and more. That's the whole point. The mental state is claiming... Yeah, it's using the resentments to build the beast. So it says the problem resides in the mind. What other, what other, what other could it be than the thought system? Really, 
Is the brain, you know, like leaking somewhere? No, it's the thought system, isn't it? That's where the problem resides. And there most of our interest resides. And therefore, there's the problem. That's the lighting company for the problem. The problem gets lit up by our interest and attention. It has no legs to stand on its own. It has to have our compliance. And we are doing it through being identified as it. So here's the alcoholism. Incredible. That's an incredible strategy to convince the host it's the host. So no matter how bad it gets, you can't throw off the cloak because you think it's your skin. It's like Chuck C. with a new pair of glasses. You take, you can put a new pair of glasses, but have you ever felt if there's really the first pair? They may not even be there, actually. You may need no glasses. That's better than a new. It's even quicker. No glasses whatsoever. You don't need any. You're seeing, aren't you? Don't you think the seeing gets better if you do 20 years of meditation? It's the same seeing. The mental state may get better, but that's just, it's not going to amp up the awareness. The awareness is as bright as the fucking sun. <laughs> Jesus. And you can't do awareness. Awareness is. That's its nature. What's the nature of awareness? It's to be, it's to be aware. <laughs> so we're conscious against our own wishes usually. There's some drawbacks, I'll tell you. I loved when I was using, and there was just a thing called the body. <laughs> I was so disassociated. It was just a thing. It never really did change much the whole day. You very rarely got sick, did you? I very rarely got sick out there. And then suddenly, though, awakeness, you're going to feel millions of stimuli. You're going to be, this is like a kaleidoscopic event just to sit in a chair. I swear to God, you'd like to have a break. Thank God we can go to sleep at night because it's fucking. It can be, it can be full on, you know, just constantly. I sit in airplanes. I can't believe how people are so calm. They're just how can they do it? I'm seeing that thousands of things are happening. <laughs> I mean, I'm feeling different eyelashes. You know, whoa, yeah, give me a shot. <laughs> you can see that it was. There was a point to getting loaded. I was too vulnerable and too sensitive. You know? I had loved my grandmother and my father, and they both died when I was nine. And that love being out in no man's land scared the bejesus out of something, and my mental state truly took over then. I just went up into its own council, and then I was just gone until 36 years old. Like we say, this guy up where I live says, he went, in, he went into the woods to have a drink. At 14, he came out when he's 36. <laughs> it was sort of like that. So that was a solution. Getting loaded, getting oblivious was a solution to what I thought was the problem. But that wasn't the problem. The problem is I'm identified as the problem. Like it says in AA, we are a problem. We are the problem. And that's the beautiful news because if you really admit it, if you really admit finally you are the problem, you're inevitably shown you're not. But by denying that you're an alcoholic, you'll always be one. You'll always act like one. You'll always experience what it's like to be an alcohol, alcoholic. But when you fully admit it, you realize you're not. Not in a mental denial way, in a, in a revelatory way. Yeah. You'll see that you had alcoholism. Alcoholism had you, really. So yeah, I'm stoked about it, still.
Any, you want to ask questions or anything? What? Yes, Astrid. Hi, Astrid. Thank you so much. I'm curious if you could talk about your own experience with, what did you say, 27 years? 27 years and defects that you still have or even new ones that grew. See, but the defects aren't yours. There's defects, but they're not yours. See, for something to be doesn't mean that there has to be someone who has it. Yeah? There's defects, but they're not your defects. If you see them as your defects, that's the biggest defect of all, is the your. See, for me, AA is like being on an operating table. You don't get up, you don't play doctor, and the action figure gets worked on. Quite a lot, yeah? You become a better conduit for that spirit. Sometimes it has to do a drastic rewiring of the apparatus because the energy is like 220 going through an old 110 system. The 110 system is going to have to be adapted so it can handle a, a much more charged atmosphere, yeah? But all that changes isn't you. You stand there supremely as you have always been. Just like a big freaking sky, like in the daytime. Tons of things happen in the sky, but whatever happens in the sky never affects the sky. Yes? You can have 4th of July explosions, the sky doesn't get ripped open. You have tons of clouds have appeared in the sky, tons of them. Yeah? There isn't usually like, it's not like immigration where there's a quota. A certain amount of clouds come and then the, the wall's built. No more clouds for the things that keep coming, yes? <laughs> Planes are flying through the, through the sky. They don't call the tower saying they hit a big piece of sky. Yeah? When it rains, it doesn't wet the sky. That's what Big M Mind is. That's what spirit is like. It's incredibly brilliant and empty, and it's untouchable by what happens here. When we're, in, when we're in the self, we're constantly getting served subpoenas to go to the court of the mental state, where we've already been convicted. We've already been sentenced. We've already been denied parole and probation. Yeah? This spiritual subpoena will allow you to go to the court of light, and you'll, all that shit will be annulled. You'll have nothing pulling you from here, this here, nothing. Nothing there, nothing there. There'll be no pronounced huge emphasis of yesterday and tomorrow. You'll be here because it's the only here you can be in. All else is fucking, it's entertainment. <coughs> the mental state's trying to entertain itself while it tries to check out from here. But the here has never been abolished. Anytime you're planning on going somewhere, when you get there, it's here. While you're planning, it's going to be now. When you get there, it'll be now. There's no escape from what is. <clears throat> this is the easiest, softer way. You know, when I, when I read those page 80-something, when those things started to happen to me, that was worth the name of solution. The problem not existing for you anymore. Now that, to me, is a definition of a solution. What we're taking for solutions out here are crazy. They're all fucking temporary. Constantly have to get re-upped. And they demand more and more and more attention. 
where actually the solution frees you up. Your aperture, like a camera, opens and it's relaxed. It's not focused and concentrated, it's dispersed. That's what it is, all right? Here's a small camera, tiny camera called self-centeredness. Here's the large camera, what we are. The large camera decides one day, and the large camera's aperture is huge. It's got the greatest fucking lenses, everything. Can see super far and super close. And it sees the small camera. It says, hey, I'm going to look through it. See how it, what, how it looks through that. It looks through the small camera, and while it's looking through the small camera, it forgets itself, and it identifies as the small camera. Now you've got this giant, giant, open fucking mind being... It's like putting a marathon runner in a fucking closet. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going... Let's watch people when they share. I will be okay. What about okay? What about inherent okayness now? Oh, don't bother me with my problem. I will be okay. It's all in time. Our solutions, based on the mental state, are all in time. Where the solution is timelessness. It's inherent. The freedom is prior to the bondage, not after the bondage. You are inherently free. There's a mental activity that's causing you to seem not to be so to that. That's all it is. Read the book. One of the forwards, it says, in, um, it's a great thing. Bill W.'s choice of words sometimes is awesome. He says, we are a hundred men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Seemingly means... It appears to be true or false to you. Everything is seemingly. There's a part here in the book. I love it too. I can find it. I was just at a book study and they talked, they did we agnostics. This blew me away. It's on page 53. And so the we agnostics, he's trying to, you know, let people who are very sensitive. You know, know that they're relying on an unreliable system. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm not going to go all over that, but I'm going to. This part he says is great. He says, without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith, what do you believe is producing effects from what's not happening? Is it the thoughts about tomorrow, or is it the faith in the thoughts about tomorrow? What is it? Is it the thoughts about tomorrow? Because thoughts about tomorrow come through my head every day, but they don't produce an effect. But when you believe the thoughts, when you have interest in the thoughts, then they seem to have an effect. You're it. I love this, because people believe they're going to come to a faith. Their whole life has been a demonstration of faith. My taking it the way I took it to want to have the next shot was faith. I believed in my thought system's predictions. When it said, this sucks, I believed it. When it said, don't get up, it's not going to be, it's going to suck again, I did. I stayed in bed. I was a total devotee to it. It says here, for did we not believe in our own reasoning? He's talking about when you get to the point where it's, it's, you're fucked, really? And he says, and he's trying to say, hey, the reason why you're here is you've had faith. Faith in what? In the thought system. Faith in the parasite. 
For we not did we not have confidence in our ability to think? What was this but a sort of faith? I don't say it's a sort of faith. It is faith. Yes, we had been faithful, abjectly faithful to the God of reason. That's the playing God. That mental state can only play God through God's power. We're giving it God's power. We are the God that you're looking for, in a sense. Yeah? Self cannot play God without our juice. Self cannot play God without our juice. We're, we're the God juice. It's, it's dry. We had been faithful, abjectly faithful for this God of reason. So in one way or another, we discovered that faith had been involved all the time. Meaning now. We discovered that faith had, in, had been involved all the time. This is the activity. If you have faith in this thought system, you're living as an action figure, you're destined and provoked by time, you're mostly reacting to what's not happening. If you're abstaining, if your faith is in trusting that thing that's infinite, you have an ease and comfort in your skin, you're chilled out, you realize the only reality is now, <laughs> there's nothing else that can be proved to be so, you're not trying to get into this moment. You're very clear you cannot be out of it. It's the same faith It's what vehicle it's put in, isn't it? AA, to me, allows us to transfer the faith we had in the thought system over to this thing that's trusting something infinite. That's what it does. It doesn't produce a spiritual awakening. We are already awake, right? It, it, it diminishes a mental condition. Really, it allows the faith we have in the mental state to be redistributed, not by us, but by that power, that grace, and then we are the beneficiary of it. So it's like our stockbroker, we give him all our money instead of investing ourselves, and then we start getting returns much better than the returns we used to get. Isn't it faith? Of course it is. So selfing is an activity. There's a great master, Ramana Maharshi. Great, I, I felt anyway. He's, he's been dead. He died in 52, I think. But he has a beautiful statement. He says, this is the dilemma. And what it is, it really to me, it's selfing. It, there's a presupposing of a non-existent thing. That's what the mental state's doing. So when there's a thought, it presupposes the thinker. When there's a feeling, it presupposes the feeler. When there's an action, it presupposes the actor. And not just for that action, it presupposes you've been the actor for all the actions. This is the mental state. This is the addiction to self. This is the bondage of self. There is a solution. Twelve steps will diminish the mental state, and then they'll support the... Spe they'll su to me, tradition too, it says it, a loving God will express itself through our group conscience. Yeah? When you go to meetings, maybe 35 out of the people, 35 out of the 50 people would be deemed assholes. But together we produce a sweet per perfume. Because it isn't us individually, it's we're being conduits, yeah? That loving presence is expressing itself right now. Feel I feel it here. And there's a big open air. And there's the moon. I mean, it's fucking the trip. <laughs>
So this for me was all reverse engineering. I learned about the problem from the solution. The solution informed me exactly what I wasn't. <laughs> and that it's only an activity. And I have to comply to it to make it seem to be so. If I abstain, it won't seem to be so. Because everything is based on us, really. As the, you ever hear of the Course in Miracles? It says in the Course in the Miracles that you and I are the dreamer of the dream. It's a beautiful statement. Yeah? I don't like the noun, so I like you and I are the dreaming of the dream. I believe we're verbs, really, not nouns. Yeah? I don't believe we're a thing. I think there's verbing in a thing, but we're not, we're not a thing. All right, so you and I are the dreaming of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming. Now, this is where I come in. I believe how we forget that we're dreaming, which is a monumental event by remembering self. So we, we, the dreaming remembers itself as a body, and now it takes itself to be the dreamt. Yes? Yeah. So you and I are the dreaming of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming, and I believe by remembering self. And in that condition, we give everything we dream the power to affect us as the dreamt. Thoughts. How many people's days have been ruined by one thought? How much power has been given to that thought to ruin your vacation? And I, I'm a fervent believer. The, the one antidote to all of this is see, seeing it. And that takes no thought or effort. Looking takes a lot of thought effort, but seeing doesn't take any. And this is not looking, it's not a draft, it's not an order, it's entertaining. Just like I hear a statement like from a great Zen master, Huang Po, whatever can be perceived cannot be perceiving. So everyone here, the same eye is looking out of everyone's head, and everyone's head's looking at every all these and seeing them as yous, yeah? So... To me, you're a you, and I'm a you to you. Yeah? But then, and all of us, with that as the experience, the mental state says, I beg to differ, it's me. And we're all in the kingdom of me, where all I see is a you, and all you see is a you. <laughs> and it's really the I that's the only thing that's seeing, but we, we fucking insubordinate it on its ass, and we, make, we crown us, me. It's me. I mean, uniquely different. When I went into Delancey Street, two-year drug program in the city, San Francisco, <laughs> they knew exactly what this you was, a junky you, and they knew exactly how to treat this you. And all the while they were treating this you as a junky you, I was going, but it's me. Don't you understand? I'm not like everyone else here. <laughs> and it was the most successful two years of my life. <laughs> With them running it, it looked, my life looked a lot better. Because they never deviated. They never saw me as me. Not at all. They saw me as a you. And they had a much clearer view of what I was, what was going on than I ever had. <laughs> it's simple. See? Uh, it's just an inherent quality. Yeah. Now, for the body, you got to do yoga and stuff. But this you don't do yoga for. Yeah. Just if you can learn what you're not, like another great Zen master, Dogen from Japan, said, to, stu to study Buddhism is to study the self, and to study the self is to forget the self. 
Because if you study the self, you'll forget it because it's not you. The only reason why you're so keen on the thoughts about it is because you think it's you. Seriously. <laughs> you wouldn't follow... If, are you going to go five years back and ruminate what Stanley had for... He should have had the onion bagel instead of sesame? You're not going to go there. For almost, maybe The only people you're going to go there for is you and your significant other, maybe kids. But no one else on this planet. Yeah, But you... <laughs> Don't be pondering what I should have done 30 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, ad nauseum. And then calling people about it. <laughs> What's the difference? It's the you, that's all. You think one is you and one isn't. One isn't, yet you have a great immunity to it. The one that you think it is, it's you. You're totally at its effect. That's the bondage of self. The bondage of self didn't happen in a certain place and time. It's an activity. Yeah, it's an activity. The mental state is offering it every second. It's awake. Yeah, and then the solution to it is always available <coughs> at all we ta- at all times with no requirement necessary. The only dilemma is based on your requirements, really. Yep. clear a long time that this, that, you know, what I, I thought I had to learn something, you know, and it's clear that that's not the case, it's a negation, right? So how does the inventory process fit in? Because it's like, it's like a deconstruction, right? That I don't that a newcomer doesn't really see happening, but it's unraveling something, right? So what how do you th- see the inventory process? I do ten steps at times because you're taking an inventory of something you're not. You're taking an inventory on self. Yeah? Yeah. And in the beginning... The people think they're... See, like, for me, if someone thinks their house is on fire, I tell them where a pail of water is. I'm not going to present there is no self or anything because they need to get, get to the next meeting. They need that mental wall to come down some so that some light can go out, you know? They think it's coming in, but the light comes out of them, really, yeah? But it matters where everyone is. But the inventory is you're just looking at how a car is driving, <laughs> I mean, it's like a Toyota. Yeah, my mind leans to the right, so I got okay. You got to get the correction there, but it's, I've never taken inventory of what I am. I'm always taking inventory of what I'm not. And of course, you grow out of it. Very rarely do you need to do it at times. Yeah, because the best part about the steps is when you don't need to do them, in a way. Because the steps aren't, I feel the steps, so let's say if the steps brought you to the highest rung, then that's a whole other place. That's where things happen with no thought or effort and stuff like that. Then it would be doing it, it would be inappropriate to keep running up and down the steps. You honor them, but if you, there's no, if there's no drive to, to, to do, you don't need to do them, they're more incorporated, then it's like a guy's I know. 
they do they do inventories. I tell them stop doing them because they're not enjoying the freedom of sobriety. They constantly go over it. What was my motive? Who gives a fuck? You didn't. You weren't hurting anybody. Who cares about your motive? Give yourself a break. It's like I was at that meeting Wednesday, and they're like, "Oh, we take people to the to the to the abyss," and and you know they they don't want to jump far out. Don't you know? Go get a latte. What's this? What's with this? This isn't like a forced march. This is relaxed. You know, you just chill out. You're not acquiring any more spirituality. So see, how you? It's impossible. That's why when people say, you know, hey, is there free will? This, hey, if you feel like you have free will, exert it. Who cares? You know, do the next right thing. But inventories, yes. I find, you know, when we really need to be highly observant, we weren't. And now we, when we don't need to be highly observant, we are. You know, when I was out there using, it would have been pretty good if I was highly observant. But now, I'm highly observant over minutia. It's all selfing to me. You lose interest in you. doesn't mean you lose interest. You lose interest in you. He says you'll gain interest in others and a whole lot more. He was just using one example. <laughs> it's not like, oh, it's only just going to go to others. It's going it's to open up. yeah. And then you'll find out about things, which is much, a higher, much higher knowledge than knowing. You find out. Like in Zen, they have the high, the high form of mind is I don't know. Because in I don't know, you're open to finding out. And finding out is revelatory, like the third step. <clears throat> you know, you have the three steps, and then they said, the God of your own understanding, you know, which is a nice introduction. But to me, after a period of time, it became a God of its own understanding. I've turned my will and my life over to the care of a higher power of its own understanding. I don't want my understanding of it anymore. Fuck. That's going to shortchange what can happen. I'm, I surrender to the care of a higher power of its own understanding, and I'll let it be revelatory. I'll see what happens, because it works on a much grander scale than I could possibly imagine. Yeah? That thing in the book, it said about, of your own understanding, as a beginning introduction, and as you move forward, you get a more concrete idea. It's not meant to be there forever. I mean, it can be, but you know what I mean? There's a lot of there's a lot of movement in sobriety. Sobriety progresses like the disease does. Recovery progresses like the disease. <clears throat> they didn't capture it. They only had four years at most then when they wrote the book. And it was a download. It was grace. It's a drag, you know, I don't want to get into opinions about stuff. <clears throat> but dogmatism and fundamentalism is part of the self-centered nature. The mental state loves to fucking <clears throat> close the doors and let no one else in, you know? Just fucking catalog it. I hate that statement, it's not AA. I hate it. It keeps people very, you know, you want to enter, hey, this could be helpful. Hey, it's not AA. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
Neither is water, but you drink it, eh? Yeah. It's not AA. Jeez, to me, it's like the Herbert Spencer statement. Contempt prior to investigation, and we're doing it. I can't believe. I do talks at other things, like non-duality, if you ever hear of that. I went to this non-duality retreat, and these people are professional seekers, you know, spiritual seekers. <laughs> it's a disease in and of itself. Really. <laughs> and I remember I was describing this whole thing about spiritual seeking, and the guy asked me the question, who was in it? And he, and he got up and he says, can you give me an example? You know, like he was already removed. I said, voila, <laughs> he's right in it. And he's thinking, oh, I, can't, what's, I can't recognize it. Yeah, because you're in it. <laughs> he was right in the mix. Seven-day fucking... <laughs> 30 speakers, 60 things. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's fun. It's people have to make money. But <laughs> Just, I have faith in mind, bro. I know. You know I'm, here, I'm here to serve a spiritual subpoena. That's it. <clears throat> After it comes out of my mouth, it's out of my jurisdiction. I don't know what is going to happen with you, but I did my job, my seat assignment. Yeah? But I have ultimate faith in it. <coughs> I believe that we have the ways and means in AA to severely weaken the mental condition, and then the light will become. See, I believe AA is a path, right? To illumination. But I believe what illuminates the path is you. <coughs> You're the illuminating quality. AA just allows it to escape because the parasite won't respect anything other than a stronger power than it. And the way we are compromised, we're not. So we bring in the higher power, which I think it's us in disguise. Yeah, and, there, and then the parasite rolls over like a little dog when the big dog comes. Yeah. And then, you know, if you've got time... You explore the meaning of abstinence. It goes much farther than drinking and using. You abstain from thoughts. You abstain from a lot of things. You know, abstain from gossip. Abstain from a lot of stuff. It's just not... <clears throat> it may be titillating in the beginning, but it's it drains as it goes on. You just abstain and you just rest in what's been revealed. You know? And you get put to use. You know? And I feel the best purpose of this is to be useful. And AA is my tribe. And I really, you know, we've all been in hell. We've all had our hells. <clears throat> and we know, you know, pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization. A lot of people don't have that trigger of sense-feltness we do when we hear that statement. We know what it's like to live in hell, a mental fucking exquisite hell, where we would do almost anything to get out of it. And the, the alcoholic of my type <coughs> was I was willing to pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. And I paid tons of consequences because it was unbearable to be in my own skin. So I'm fully aware I would love to see every one of us travel lighter. I'm losing my voice. I got too excited. <laughs> I thought I had to speak louder because it's a little bit open air.
So any questions? No? Yes? I have a few books left to sell, three. So be, who's ever the first one is the most special. <laughs> and you know, I have for men, I only have one shirt for women left. <laughs> but I have Zen bitch slap shirts if you ever wanted to get one. I've got some in this bag. I have to support my, my lavish lifestyle. <laughs> so that's it, eh? Yeah? yeah? What? Oh, wait a minute. Yes, it can. <clears throat> Just like, like uh, for me, I had to be given the experience of surrender. All I had was ideas of surrender. I really didn't know what it was until it happened to me. And it was on the day I got sober, not after getting run over by cars. <clears throat> None of those triggered a surrender, but just that download and now now that I know surrender I I can entertain it so to me I believe you can get into a state of surrendered which is a very cool state it's not as exciting as surrendering and taking it back surrendering but it's much it's much uh, deeper in a sense and clarity one example of it shows its infinite possibility it's always available at all times this is a quality of mind it's not a quality in time it's a timeless quality. Yeah? Clarity that was produced in time isn't as clear as clarity. Yeah, it's our inherent scene. <clears throat> the mental state get, will get more whittled. It's just the, it's like the transfer of interest and attention from that. If you ever read the fear inventory, <clears throat> he says that question, why are you in so much fear today? Thank God he didn't let us answer. It would have been a 1,200-page book, you know. And he says immediately, isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? So basically, fear is an effect of self-reliance. Yeah? So people who are trying to deal with fear are missing the exact nature of the wrong. It has nothing to do with fear. It has to do with self-reliance. Obviously, if you follow Bill W., I mean, that's what he's pointing at. So when you see when the self-reliance starts getting broken, a lot of stuff that seem to be a fucking handful starts diminishing without any uh, frontal assault. Yeah? And that's how you know you're on to something because <clears throat> it's like a big row of knots and let's say securities here and relationships and health but there is a first knot and when you try to loosen up these knots they tend not to affect the ones near them and then they seem tends, tend to knot up again. Yes? Like you had a great time at the relationship retreat, but then three months later you threw the book out and it, you, your relationship sucks again. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but if you go to the first knot, a, a thread from that goes through all the other knots. And when this gets loosened, it's like Jesus says, you'll know the tree by its fruits. So when this gets loosened, it loosens all the others. You start traveling lighter. Without having things change, some do change drastically, some don't. But your interest or the way you are relating with it changes. And so you know 
the tree by the fruit, you realize you're onto something because it's having a very large effect. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> to me, it was all really a lot of reverse engineering. I have I I I have downloads quite a lot. Mostly they're energy, but when they insert into the brain, the brain puts words together to share these meanings. <laughs> I don't think about this shit much. And I don't have a get ready, get set, get, you know, go room. I didn't prepare. Obviously, I forgot everything. And they just come in because I have faith. I know. If See, like they say in AA, you got to have it to give it away. I believe if you're willing to give it away, you'll have it, really. So I was always willing to let it through, and it's been coming through for quite a while. So. And then through it's coming through, you know, as a byproduct, I get cleaned up a little inside, the action figure and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it? Yeah. Thank you, thank you.